0: Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan
1: Fox in Los Angeles. How's it going, Nathan? Awesome, man. I'm uh, excited for another excellent episode. What are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about
0: some, I guess another, we have another email about a disappointing LSAT score from the September LSAT and how to move forward from that. We have some more dumb emails from law schools some snail mail too. Apparently we're going to go over a flaw question from the June, 2007 LSAT. So that's a logical reasoning question. And we're apparently going to roast a why law school essay. Yeah, we are. Wow. Okay, good. You all can always email us at help at thinkinglsat.com. We will, uh, not see those emails but Sarah will and she can help you out or Annalisa will as well. If you have not joined the Facebook group, the Facebook group now has 939 members. Uh, there's a lot of chatter over there. People asking all sorts of questions all the time, so it's a
1: great resource. I would check they that out. I never shut up. I'm going to have to filter those emails out of my inbox. I get so many notifications now from the Thinking Else podcast. Wait, wait, Did wait, you wait. already put You what? get
0: you get Facebook
1: emails? Am I stupid for that? (laughs) I don't know. I used to get those and I was like, stop this ridiculousness. Like, I'm just going to go into the app. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, basically, I just don't go into the app very often. But I I enjoy, I mean, in fact, the only thing I ever do on Facebook now is the Thinking Else app podcast group. Because, you know, there are like buddies in there and they're laughing about our stupid jokes. So it's fun to check in and see what they're talking about. We're getting a lot of the content from the show now. Uh, for the show from the Facebook group. So that, that actually is really good. So I like those notifications for that purpose, but it does seem a little bit oppressive when it's like every single comment that every person makes and you get (laughs) email notifications (laughs) for Nathan.
0: Uh, if you want to blow up Nathan's inbox, continue (laughs) posting (laughs) posting posting on the podcast group. Yeah. And make sure to tag him. Yeah. That'd be good. (laughs) Uh, you can always uh, tweet us at Thinking Elsat. You can tweet Nathan at nfox and me at Olson Benjamin. Uh, we both provide LSAT classes and tutoring and online courses. I am at strategyprep.com. Nathan is at foxlsat.com. I'm in D.C. Nathan is in L.A. and San Francisco. We also have a joint project. It's the Elsat Demon. You can go to lsatdemon.com. Basically, it's a tool to practice LSAT questions on the go and get our explanations both of our explanations are in there and the demon tracks your progress and tries to figure out what questions it should give you based on how well you're doing so the difficulty can go up and down as you work through those questions
1: speaking of joint projects we also have a class coming up in Chicago October 20th and 21st Uh, by the time you listen to this it's probably almost uh, close of registration for that wouldn't you say Ben yeah, it is getting
0: close. That's going to be exciting. And then you said some cool places that we were going to go for eating and I already forgot them, but I'm excited to go and I will just depend on you to tell me where to go when we arrive.
1: Yeah, I'll, an, I'll announce that uh, via the Facebook group and an email out to everybody um, sometime before we go so that everybody knows where we're going to meet up for beers on uh, Friday night.
0: Yeah, and that's where is that again, the class?
1: Uh, the class is at DePaul University, Lincoln Park Campus. It's a uh, cool part of town on the uh, north side up by Wrigleyville. Um, the Cubs are in a one-game uh, wildcard playoff, so the Cubs may or may not be in the playoffs. I, I'm hoping that the Cubs are going to still be sticking around in the playoffs because it'll be super fun to be in that part of uh, the world while the Cubs are in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. If you are... Familiar with your pre law society or connected to it in any way, uh, please have them connect with us. The email is podcast at com. Again, that's podcast at thinkinglsat.com. That's
1: also for like newsletter, like if you have a pre law newsletter, or sometimes like maybe your political science department has a newsletter that goes out, that's popular, or maybe you just have a, um, an advisor, a pre-law advisor who you think uh, could benefit from knowing us, please email podcast at com, and we will send them some goodies uh, so that we can introduce ourselves.
0: Yeah. We've received a lot of reviews on iTunes. We have 344 ratings and 96 reviews. We appreciate it very much. If you like the show, just head over to iTunes. Hit five stars. Tell people why you like the show. The last five will.
1: reviews are all good too. We got like five good ones in a row. So it's been. Oh wow! Yeah, we're gonna. We need one of those. You know those like workplace. Um, t- ten days since the last like decapitation or whatever signs that they have. You know. Those? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Wow, that would. Wow, that would be disturbing.
1: <laughs> we've got we've got like uh we've got like two months since our last bad review on iTunes. So I'll try oh, to say okay. something super offensive today and we'll we'll get that back to zero.
0: All right, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um Yeah, how many days? Yeah, that's what that's a new stat that we should have on here. So right now it's two weeks or something like
1: that? I think it's more like two months since our last oh, wow. bad review. Oh wow, geez, yeah.
0: now we're like baiting people to go on there and write negative reviews. <laughs> um Okay. You can also listen to the podcast on YouTube if that's your thing. Right now there are 385 subscribers on YouTube. Unfortunately, you will not see either of us on YouTube. You will just see a nice, thinking LSAT logo, which is a kid in red glasses. Um, by the way, that image is just a random stock photography image that we found at the very beginning of the show when we had no idea that people would actually subscribe to us. So
1: (laughs) hope you like that image, but (laughs) I hope you like our theme music, which is also a random stock uh, sound clip (laughs) that we bought for like $10. (laughs) Yeah. I got, I picked it because I thought it sounded like Dr. Dre and I'm a fan. So that's, there you
0: go. Okay,
1: cool.
0: Uh, we have 191 followers on Instagram. That is just our handle. Is that what they say? Our Instagram username is thinking LSAT. Annalisa posts cool things there. Um, She's becoming more active on that. I noticed the other day and it's really neat. So thank you, Annalisa. You can also find me on Instagram at Innovator Ben or Nathan at Fox LSAT. We have 36 patrons donating on Patreon, $143 every month. That's very helpful. Thank you so much. Um, That covers 14% of our monthly costs. We have now hit, oh, I, this is a new stat, I like this, 1,028,630 downloads. So, by the way, does this count all downloads across all platforms or just iTunes?
1: I think it's all downloads across all platforms. Hmm. And then we have to do the multiplier, how many F-bombs per show, say four F-bombs per show.
0: Yeah, and we need to divide that by host, I think.
1: So it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, good. Cause that means you get half of them and I, th- that decreases my actual number. So oh, let's say four, oh, no. I wasn't saying automatically,
0: I was saying like divide out the data, right? So, Oh, you, you want, want to say oh. Nathan F bombs and Ben F
1: bombs. That would be good. That's, that's, it's going to be something like three to 4 million Nathan F bombs and, um, <laughs> more like, uh, let's see, you've probably said it four times. Total, Well, no way. I think it is more than that.
0: And you'll see if we had a graph, it would be this like plateau of zero forever for and you. Then a huge spike in. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a form of cheap therapy, you know, to deal with life changes.
1: <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. So then if you're into LinkedIn, um, there is a LinkedIn Thinking LSAT podcast group. It has 70 members and it's moderated by Ezra who is the infamous author of The Man With Kind Eyes. So if you'd like to chat it up with Ezra, go to the Facebook group or LinkedIn and check it out. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, man. We didn't, I didn't know, I don't know what's going on in your life. We just jumped into those stats, but I'm sure I'll find out as we talk about these things. For example,
1: I just learned that you get email notifications from Facebook. So that's kind of cool. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I I don't know, man, what's going on with me. I I just I have a very busy month of travel coming up. I'm flying to New Orleans tomorrow to go to my friend Nikki and Danielle's wedding in New Orleans on Thursday. Mm. So mm-hmm, there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of boozing that's going to happen on the next uh 3 or 4 days of my life. Okay. I mm-hmm. well, then I've got the next 3 weekends after that are San Francisco, Chicago, San Francisco for me. So I've got 4 weekends mm. in a row of flying around all over the place. Um, other than that, I am super, super into Dungeons and Dragons. Like super into it. Like check this out. My mom okay. and my niece came and visited me. I think I mentioned that on the last show. Yeah. And on Friday night, we were looking for something to do, just kind of bumming around after dinner. And I started a little Dungeons and, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons game with my mom and my niece as the players. And I was wow. the master and wow. my niece went apeshit. She lost her mind about how awesome Dungeons and Dragons is. And then we ended up playing a little bit more on Saturday and a little bit more on Sunday. <laughs> wow. So, wait, like,
0: how old is your niece again? She's, she's like 11.
1: 10? 11. Yeah. Okay.
0: When you talk about Dungeons and Dragons, I think about my friend who ran a shop when we were in high school that sold those kind of cards. I think there's cards, right? Or something. Like uh,
1: you might be thinking of magic.
0: Oh, shoot. Okay. Never mind.
1: That's okay. Yeah, it's magic. It's so, just, it's it's all nerd shit. It's fine.
0: It's all nerd. I've
1: shit. never played Magic, but D and D is the just greatest game of all time. It's so. It's I feel so like D
0: and D is like an old game. It is, but
1: it's it's also like very popular. Um, people. It's having people a love. resurgence, or if has you, it been popular all along? I defy you to find someone who plays who has played D and D and doesn't like it. It's just like it, everybody that I <laughs> I was at the bar this like super cool like hipster bar here in Los Feliz the other day with my friend and we were geeking out sitting at the bar talking about Dungeons and Dragons and the the super cool hipster like looks like punk rock bartender is like hey are you guys talking about Dungeons and Dragons yeah I write for a Dungeons and Dragons uh newsletter He's <laughs> like immediately wow. like giving us a free shot because of how we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons at the bar yeah yeah it's good times. okay cool man yeah what's up with you oh oh, life is good i was just playing some
0: basketball whoa and and by myself i didn't know you were a baller i don't know that i am i just have a hoop in my driveway so and i have a basketball so sometimes i go out there and shoot hoops were you practicing your sweet post moves well okay apparently i'm not a baller because
1: i'm not sure what you mean by that (laughs) Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Come on. Tell me, I got to learn at least one new word. Post post move. Post, if you're practicing your post moves, you would be like sort of standing a few feet away from the basket, maybe with your back to the basket and okay. practicing like little, little like drop moving? step, little turnaround, little crab dribble, oh, yeah. little, little, all the little, they have kids do the like little drills, you know, so that you can practice like, okay, from this block, I'm going to make this move and from this block, well, you, you need to have all the moves if you're going to be a true, true baller but yeah you can Hmm. i could show you a couple maybe maybe if we find a uh man that'd be sweet if we found a basketball hoop in chicago yeah okay get a little pickup game with the class that would be interesting that'd be hilarious let's do
0: that yeah so i was just practicing shooting and then i was trying to do that before i came to the podcast you know Uh and um you can't end on a missed shot correct so then I kept trying to shoot fast and of course I kept missing and I'm like this is kind of like the L set I guess I'm just rushing here and yeah. then I slowed down and I nailed it after like 30 misses so you're shooting free I mean, throws or three crazy. pointers or what uh, just kind of random all over the place I, um, I'm not that bad of a shot really I'd say I make half of them and I'm shooting from pretty far away but um, yeah it was really bad at the end because I wanted to
1: come inside <laughs> but I couldn't come in (laughs) after missing. That's why you have to quit early. That's why you have to, that's why you have to end on a good one. Right? Yeah. You make, make one or make a couple in a row and then just be like, yep. And then walk off. I'm done. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, uh, do you want to read this first snail mail? It looks
1: like, well, okay. So I wanted to talk about there. I put a bullet point uh, about how to move forward from a disappointing September, 2018 LSAT. There's no email for this one. It's just a, an agenda item that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. How many phone calls and emails are you getting right now with people asking you what they should do? Oh, a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. so many, everybody this time of year. I mean, we have some people who are celebrating like, yeah, I killed the yeah. September LSAT. My score came back yeah. and I'm ready to go to school now. It's like, yeah, good. Good for you. Um, yep. But we also are hearing like, oh shit, I fucked up. What do I do? So I'm sure we've talked about this a million times, but I just want to make sure we cover it again right now because it's timely. But yeah, the September test was a released LSAT. Yeah. If you took the test, you got your test back when they sent you your score. You probably didn't even look at it. That's what most people do. They look at the score and that's it. Yeah. So what should they do? They should dig in and figure out where they got questions wrong and why they think they got them wrong. Yeah. It's, it's like, People want to like reach out and go, well, where do I go from here? And I'm like, well, tell me what you were struggling with on that test. Why did you miss points on that test? And it's funny how often they will have like, oh, I don't know at all. Yeah. Or they'll have just a broad like, well, I missed six on reading comprehension and I missed a total of 12 on logical reasoning and I missed an entire game. Yep. And then it's like, okay, good. That's a step in the right direction. But why did you miss those points? What specifically, like, let's talk about, okay, logical reasoning. What questions did you miss when, when you looked back at them, when you reviewed them? Is it, do you remember what you were thinking or like, can you get it right now? Or like, is there a certain question type you're missing a lot of, or what's going on? Why, why did you miss that question? And I just, it's super consistent. I get there's something in human nature that people just don't want to do that review. And that is the clear and really only first step. If you, if you're trying to figure out how to move forward from a September crash.
0: Yeah. What happened? Did you miss the points in throughout the section or did you miss them all at the end? Uh, Those sort of things can tell you a little bit about how you took the test officially Um, A lot of times when you're talking about a crash, you're talking about someone who scored lower or even sometimes a lot lower on the official test than their practice test scores led them to believe they would score. So I can understand why they're panicking, but it's, it's, it's just another test. So you just need to go in and do some investigation and figure out what it was about test day that led you astray. And like you said, if you redo these questions because LSAC does give you the whole test and you don't find them that challenging now, then most likely you just rushed or did you even miss bubble? I mean, I had someone who was scoring between 158 and 162 and she got a 142, which is so off that it's like, hold on, you You can't just say you can't do the test or (laughs) there is something like maybe you miss bubbled. Do you have any idea? And like you're saying, she had not looked at it at all.
1: Um, It just, they just look at the score and that's it. Yeah. So I wanted to make a pitch here for private tutoring. Actually. Um, If you're struggling to figure out why you had such a bad September LSAT, that is a perfect opportunity. You know, maybe you need a little bit of motivation. Maybe you can't bear to face it on your own Um, one tutoring session to go over that one test. It has the potential to be transformative. There's no guarantee, but it's possible that if you sit down with Ben and look at that test, I mean, it's almost guaranteed that you sit down and look at that test and Ben is going to tell you something that is going to be, you know, change your thinking about the test. Yeah. And likewise, if you work with me or likewise, if you work with one of our tutors, um, so consider doing that. If you want to book with me, it's Fox dot you dot me, and you'll be able to put yourself right onto my calendar. I do have openings for one-on-one tutoring. So if you'd like to, you know, get cracking right now on your November retake or on your January retake or whatever it is, uh, let's sit down and do that. And Ben, if they want to reach out to you about tutoring, how do they do that?
0: Just uh, strategyprep. dot com, okay, and follow the stuff for tutoring. Yeah, I mean, especially if your practice test scores were higher and you did them timed, like you just need to figure out how to think about the test or your approach as you're taking the test officially. Fix it, and bam, you can take the next test. You don't have to do as much as people think they do. I think sometimes, right?
1: Yeah, I, you hear a lot of like. Well, I, I, I just think November's too soon, so I'm going to put it off till January. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I thought you were ready to take the test in September. If you were ready to take the test in September, I understand it didn't work out for you, but if you were ready, if your practice test scores were indicating that you're ready, then you should also be ready to take it in November. I mean, yeah. chip away at it a little bit every day, like we're always talking about. Okay, anyway, mm-hmm. you want to move on?
0: Yep. Okay, cool. So what is this, what is this <laughs> thing that we're looking at?
1: This is... This is amazing. And, um, we can post these in the newsletter because, uh, this first one, Megan already posted it on the Facebook group. I assume if she can post it on the Facebook group, we could post it out into the newsletter, um, yeah. or on thinking But <laughs> this, they sent her. I, Oh, I guess that's not snail mail. I guess that's just an email.
0: It looks like, Oh, really? I thought this was snail mail. I thought this was like a, Pamphlet or something. This email? Okay.
1: Well, because that business card really confused me. Anyway, what we're looking at here, there's two images. Yeah. And <laughs> what the fuck even is this? The first one is a. It's from Faulkner Law, which apparently is in Montgomery, Alabama. And it has <laughs> Megan, her first and last name. And then it says attorney at law. And then it says her last name and lawoffice.com. And it's a business card. It was a fake business card. Yeah. I don't know. They, that's a, that's a stock photography. They didn't actually send that to her. That's a, that's just a, uh, like a randomly generated.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I don't think that the, the business card was sent to her. I just think this this maybe been was printed.
1: Oh, and then she photographed it.
0: Yeah, I'm see. I'm like I'm seeing the top of the page there. I think.
1: <laughs> Either way, anyway. it's just yeah. such a stupid little gimmick. Come come to Faulkner Law, and you could have a business card that looks like this. People on the Facebook group were busting on it, including the fact that it doesn't say "Esquire," which probably any attorney would have on their business card. Yeah. Um, then the second thing is far more confusing. Yeah. It's,
0: (laughs) is that her holding it? So now I think
1: that that might be a photograph of her holding this thing. Yeah. Which they sent her a pamphlet or a flyer, which looks like a door to an office. Oh my goodness. But then it has the Faulkner law logo on it. So then that ruins the illusion that it's a door, like an office door that doesn't look like an office door. If it says Faulkner law school of law on it. And then the slogan at the bottom with open your door of (laughs) Opportunity." Someone thought they were clever. Open your door of opportunity. Exclamation point. Oh shit. And they gave her a custom URL. Wow. They, they really, boy, they went the marketing department at Faulkner law is just going for it. How much does all this cost? Well, what do you think they're charging so much tuition for? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're getting for your money because you're certainly not getting like actual, you know, services. You're it's, I don't know, boy, just feels like a big Ponzi scheme, huh? Big or some weird big pyramid.
0: Yeah. I mean, they figure if they can get one more student, they've paid for all this marketing effort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. One person who's like dumb enough to be like, can you imagine being dumb enough to be like, holy shit, I could have a business card and an office door like that with my name on it. I'm going to go to Faulkner Law. Just what? <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, they're going to give me what I want. I want to be a lawyer. Yeah. weird. I'm, I'm going to be a big fancy lawyer with a business card and a door and everything. Okay, so that's one thing that they were laughing about on the Facebook group. Then the other thing is this next one from Andrew posted it on the Facebook group, which is a entering class profile for Florida State University College of the Law. Yeah. And I just thought some of these stats were, were pretty funny. Yeah. They were, uh, specifically, they were laughing about 897 years of combined total years of work experience in the incoming class. <laughs> <laughs> Total, I don't ever understand that. Like when people say, Oh, come
0: work with our team. We have a combined combined experience of over 50 years. It's like, what is okay. Great. <laughs> like all there's 50 people here and they've all been working on this project for a year. You know, that's not super helpful. It's how
1: long the individuals have experience. Anyways, sorry, random. Oh, it, There's also um, what has to be an error on here. Um, it says, First generation law, 15%.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. What, 85% of your class are second generation law students? Um, 85%
1: of the class is... Yeah, coming from... Their mom and dad are lawyers? No way. (laughs) Yeah, so what does that mean? They're
0: first generation, like, in this country? Or first generation (laughs) graduate? You know, like... Getting a graduate degree or something? I don't know.
1: I thought that it could be that 15% of them are first generation undergrads. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing that it could mean, but there's no way in hell it's first (laughs) generation If it's, because if it's, if it's what we were saying in the first instance, which I think everybody would normally read it as, Oh wow. So 85% of the class has family that are lawyers.
0: Or but parents, the, right? Specifically,
1: yeah. but there's no way that that's possibly the the case.
0: That would be a, a very depressing notion.
1: That would be, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, there's some um, just random shit that law law schools think they want to send you.
0: Yeah, thirty one percent have traveled abroad. 100%. I know. Great. I saw that
1: too. I was laughing about that. It was like thirty-one percent went to spring break, in (laughs) (laughs) you know Cabo. All right, yeah. Um, No, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. Okay. Um, Moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Oh, we got an LSAT question. Hell yeah! All
0: right, let's do this. Oh. I guess I'll read this. I love how it's got some words I know I not I won't be able to pronounce. Where is this from? This is from the June 2007 LSAT. You can find that by just Googling June 2007. Uh that will pop up as a free PDF from LSAC. Then we're in section 3 and we're looking at question 25. This is a logical reasoning question. If you want, if you're not driving, stop and go do this question and then follow along. Yep. Uh, okay, so here's what it says. Some anthropologists argue that the human species could not have survived prehistoric times if the species had not evolved the ability to cope with diverse natural environments. Okay, so right now I'm thinking to myself, this is what some anthropologists argue. In other words, that's what some other people think, and they think that we wouldn't have made it if we didn't have this ability to cope with diverse natural environments, which to me just means a variety of different kinds of weather or something like that.
1: Hot, cold, dangerous, not dangerous. I like wish that. I wish I could, this is a good test for people, I think. Like, do you know what's coming next? Do you have an idea what's coming next? Because I feel something coming.
0: I feel something coming too. I mean, by starting out, with this sentence, some anthropologists argue, yada, yada. It's possible that this person could say, and they're right, and here's why. But in most cases, they're going to probably say, I think they're wrong. And here's why I think they're wrong.
1: Yeah. And I think smart asses will point out that the very next word is however. So it's yep. like, well, yeah, there's the butt right there, Nathan. Like who, you know, what? what's your point? But my point is that, you should, if you're tuned in, you, sh- you should feel that coming. That's a good test of whether you're, you're doing this correctly. Because mm-hmm. you, should, you should have a pretty good idea that that's what's going to happen next. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, the next sentence,
0: however, there is considerable evidence that... I'm not even going to pronounce it. Sorry, Let's go Australopithecus. That. Australopithecus pithecus. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm not this is, this is this is where I struggle. And then the next word is something that starts with A. So I'm just going to say AA. Afferensis. Oh, that's great, dude. Um AA. There is considerable evidence <laughs> that AA comma <laughs> <laughs> a prehistoric species related to early humans. Hmm. Okay, so this, this new species that we were introduced to is a prehistoric species that were related to early humans, also thrived in a diverse array of environments, but became extinct. Okay. So they they thrived in a random set of environments. We survived or thrived in a random set of environments but these guys became extinct hence the anthropologist's claim is false mm. yeah this is i felt that common too yeah this is a well a short i don't know if you ever refer to it this is like a false contrapositive or you're confusing necessary and sufficient
1: it's fucking up the contrapositive yep If you fuck up the contrapositive, you have confused sufficient for necessary or necessary for sufficient. I don't really know that you need to worry about that too much, the difference between those two things.
0: Nope.
1: You have you have fucked up the contrapositive. And that is the LSAT's most common flaw. And I knew they were gonna do it. You know, when they said just the way they put that together with the however, there's considerable evidence that. (laughs) Astropo- <laughs> now I can't do it. <laughs> Astralopithecus afarensis did thrive in a diverse array of environments, but became extinct. And I'm like, oh no, don't do it, don't do it. And then sure enough, they do it and say, yep, therefore the anthropologist's claim has to be false. Yeah. So if you go back to the
0: original claim, the anthropologists argued that human species could not have survived if they had not evolved this ability to cope with diverse natural environments. In other words, if they wanted to survive, then they had to have this ability to cope with a variety of environments. That does not mean, though, that if they could cope with a wide variety of environments, that they would survive. It's not that this ability to cope guarantees survival it's something that is required for survival yep so the fact that this aa species this prehistoric relative was able to survive or cope in a in diverse environments and yet became extinct doesn't prove that that thing was not necessary it still could have been necessary it just wasn't sufficient
1: that's right. Yep. To say it again, just different, different way. Yep. The anthropologists claim that this thing was necessary. And then the speaker goes, but because it's not sufficient, therefore it's not necessary. Yeah. And that makes no sense. It's just a, f- a fancy version of the LSAT's most common flaw. And this should be a relatively easy question if you're tuned into that most common flaw.
0: Yeah. And one thing that can help here is that the first sentence or the first claim is in if-then form. It's not that claims that are in if-then form will always lead to a this kind of flaw, confusing necessary and sufficient conditions, but hey, it's certainly prone to do that because we have an if-then statement and the person messed it up.
1: Well, I mean, they just do it on every single test. So <laughs> Yes, and know, this happens
0: very frequently. That's
1: the first thing I think about when I see a conditional statement. Yeah. It's just like, okay, don't don't fuck it up now because uh, you do it every single time. I mean, actually, I'm like, okay, I can't wait for you to fuck it up so that you can give me a free point. That's what this would be.
0: Sure. Lo and behold, the question says the reasoning in the argument is most vulnerable to criticism on the grounds that the argument, whenever you see the phrase most vulnerable to criticism, you know that you're looking at a flaw question, which means you're going to be given five answer choices that describe the flaw And the correct answer has to be an answer choice that describes exactly what's happening in the argument and is a problem in the argument. And we've already predicted the problem here, this confusing, necessary, and sufficient conditions. So we would expect that to be something in the correct answer.
1: And once again, if we would have read the question stem first here, it would have done absolutely no good for us because we spotted that flaw anyway, and then they asked us about the flaw, and that's easy And there was no value here to reading the question stem first. If anything, it would have just been more confusing that way. Sure. A.
0: Does the argument confuse a condition's being required for a given result to occur in one case with the condition's being sufficient for such a result to occur in a similar case? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, that was easy. we're talking about... Yeah, our case, and then we're talking about a similar case, in other words, our prehistoric relatives. So I would keep that open.
1: Yeah, I would be 99% that that's the answer. Sure, absolutely.
0: B, takes for granted that, which just means necessarily assumes that if one species had a characteristic that happened to enable it to survive certain condition, at least one related extinct species must have had that same characteristic. Uh, It doesn't assume that it had that characteristic. It said that they did have that characteristic, that they were able to cope in diverse natural environments. So... This is not describing what's happening, and I would say it's out.
1: Well, it's just not trying to reach the conclusion that, okay, so this other extinct species must have had some same characteristic. Yeah. It's like all the right words, but the meaning of B is just not even close.
0: Yeah. Okay. C, generalizes. Okay, I'm already nervous because if you're going to generalize from the fact that one species blah, blah, blah... If you're generalizing from a fact, that means your conclusion is a generalization, and the conclusion here is that the anthropologist's claim is false. That's not a generalization. That's a specific claim about the anthropologist's claim. So I'm inclined not to read the rest of this. I don't think I would on the actual test. The rest Uh, of it's wrong anyway. Generalizes from the fact that one species with a certain characteristic survives certain conditions, that all related species with the same characteristic must have survived exactly the same conditions. No, they never drew that conclusion. This is wrong.
1: That would be a ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, that would be a flaw, but not the flaw here. It's not the flaw here, yeah, good. Excellent. D. Fails to consider
0: the possibility that AA had one or more characteristics that lessened its chances of surviving prehistoric times. Okay. <laughs> it did fail to consider this possibility, talk about that, yeah. yeah, it's not something that really matters because we're not talking about your chances of survival. We're just saying they didn't survive and whether or not this thing was sufficient to guarantee their survival.
1: Right. Yeah. Why it didn't survive is just not the point. The point is, it had this one characteristic that the speaker said, or the, that the anthropologist said was necessary. And the speaker says, because they had this characteristic, but they didn't survive, therefore it's not sufficient. And that's just misunderstanding the idea, misunderstanding the difference between necessary and sufficient. Whatever D's talking about is not that. <laughs> so it's not D. Yep. E fails
0: to consider the possibility that even if a condition caused a result to occur in one case, it was not necessary to cause the result to occur in a similar case, even if a condition caused the result to occur in one case.
1: That's wrong at that point. We
0: well, we don't know if any condition caused a result to occur. All we know is right. that one condition is necessary, but whether it causes it is a totally different issue. And we don't know whether that's the case in our humans or in the pre uh, our prehistoric ancestors. So this is
1: out. I mean, I guess they did fail to consider causation.
0: Sure. that's true for almost all answer choices that start with fail to consider the possibility, right? It's almost always the case that the argument did fail to consider the possibility. The question just becomes, is that a problem? Should they have considered it? And in this case, it doesn't matter whether they considered
1: this or not because it's irrelevant to the conclusion. Good. Okay. Anything else to add to that? Note the difference between takes for granted that and fails to consider. People sometimes think that those mean the same thing but they yeah. don't. Ben said, yeah. takes for granted means necessarily assumes. So it's part of their argument that must be true in order for their argument to make sense. That's what takes for granted means. Fails to consider is just didn't talk about this. Yep. Didn't
0: talk about it. Didn't think about it. And that's usually the case, but then the question becomes, okay, well, should it, right? They have thought about it.
1: They Either did. one can be the answer. Yeah. But in order for a takes for granted to be the right answer, they have to have necessarily assumed this thing and you know, like without justification or necessarily assuming something that they should not necessarily assume in order for a fails to consider to be the answer. It's something that they didn't talk about that, uh, would be a big problem if it were true. So the big difference is, would this be a problem if it were true or would be, would it be a problem if it were false? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. It's like fails to consider the possibility answer choices are basically weakeners
1: exactly it's not sort of like turns the question into a weakener if that's the correct answer it's like well they didn't talk about this and if it's true it's a big problem yep with takes for granted it's yeah they necessarily assumed this and if this is false it's a problem
0: yeah and so you can get rid of tanks for granted answer choices if they never even assumed it you're like well no they didn't assume this so
1: <laughs> regardless yeah, this is of not whether part this of- is
0: a bad assumption it doesn't matter it didn't happen
1: yeah. You could just say this is not a necessary assumption of the argument. Like this can be false without ruining the argument. They did not yep. necessarily assume this.
0: Same for answer choices to start with presumes without providing justification. Exact same thing.
1: That's also takes for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Good. All right. So the answer is a cool. That's that easy. I mean, I, you know, the, the big ass takeaway from all that is boy, you could have made that a much, much easier question if you would have just spotted that it was a sufficient necessary flaw. Yeah. It's on every test. It's on every test multiple times. You have to get tuned into that. It's like free points. Yep. And, uh, if you didn't spot it, then now you're down there in the answer choices, like trying to compare them all to one another. And (laughs) it's just like really, really doing the test the hard way.
0: hundred percent. I agree. Okay, cool. Should we move on? Yeah. You want to take this one?
1: Yes, says, hey, Ben and Nathan, I posted in the Facebook group and received some feedback from numerous people wondering how to tackle the YX law school essays. I know it's not the most important factor, but I believe it can show that you genuinely want the school and could potentially bump you if you're an on-the-fence applicant. I attached my UC Irvine interest essay with the prompt below, if this makes it on the podcast... Feel free to rip my essay to shreds and help a girl out. You can also use my name. If not, give some tips on what to do. Thanks. So here it is. This is for UC Irvine. And it says the prompt is, we know that you have many options when applying to law school. Tell us why you are interested in the school of law at the University of California, Irvine. What do you believe we have to offer you? What will you bring to the school of law? How would your experiences and perspectives enhance and enrich the quality and breadth of our law school community? Please write a minimum of 350 words and a maximum of 500 words. It says P.S. I'm a pretty tough crowd when it comes to humor, and you guys make me genuinely laugh my ass off. Thanks for making this whole process fun and stimulating. Sure. By the way, I hate this prompt. I do too. I was gonna complain about it as well. What do you hate about it? I hate that there are so many questions. Like, yes. what do you want to know from me?
0: You want to know why I want to go to your school, or do you want to know why <laughs> you should want me? Or <laughs> like, these are two. Totally different questions. I mean, in some ways, they could overlap, but I don't
1: know. Well, the first question, what do you believe we have to offer you? That's like, okay, clearly they want you to write about Irvine, UC Irvine Law specifically, and why you're picking that school. Yeah. So you're going to have to come up with some reasons. And, you know, to be honest, you're going to probably go on their website and pull up some shit about their school. That's exactly what it is. And And
0: So it kind of feels like a little like... A bit of a a game like have you looked at us that much more than our ranking but really <laughs> all law schools are very similar so does it matter that much
1: but let's break it down why are they asking this question I think I know
0: mm, to see if you're serious and uh-huh. therefore protect their yield
1: yes this seems to me yeah. to be obvious yield protection they want to know if you're just applying to every school and you're going to deny them, they don't want to get shot down by you. Sure. They, they don't want see their feelings hurt. Yeah. No, they okay. want to protect their yield and yield is, you know, how many of the people they admit, how many people actually go to their school. So they want to just see if you're willing to jump through this one extra hoop. Cause look at how specific it is too: 350 words to 500 words. Mm-hmm. And they want you to mention Irvine. Yeah. So many people are not going to read that instruction. Many people aren't going to care about it enough to actually follow those instructions. Yeah. And so if you, if they're on the fence about you, they're going to just deny you because, well, you, you didn't, you didn't do our, you didn't do our special essay. It's an easy way for them to try to filter out people who they think aren't going to say yes to them. Yeah. I kind of have a feeling it might have something to do with scholarship negotiations as well. Okay. Like if you tipped your hand here and said, I have a baby and my mom lives in Orange County and I, UCI is my only choice. Yeah. I think that might help your case for admissions and it would probably also hurt your case for scholarships because mm. they, you start looking like you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. Right. That's if you're a borderline scholarship candidate to begin with.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: So that's that first question. What do you believe we have to offer you? Mm -hmm. But then Ben and I both got pissed when it said, what will you bring to the school of law? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, wait a minute. You did. You read my personal statement. Yeah. (laughs) Is that what are you wanting another personal statement? Like I'm going to bring something different to Irvine that I'm going to bring to. That's a stupid fucking question. It's like, well, at Irvine, I'm going to make sure to bring my sunscreen because it's super nice weather in the O.C. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I'm going to make sure to bring my rich, white, entitled racism since the Orange. <laughs> Have you been to Orange County much, Ben? No. It's a weird place. W- where did that? W- what? What? Oh, the O.C. <laughs> is it's uh it's weirdly conservative. It's like Irvine specifically is, is like sort of like um, very police heavy. Like it's, it's like very um, it's very, very clean. Let's put it that way. Okay. Like Mm. it's like, it's uh, yeah. It's just like got a reputation for being like super white and conservative. Okay. Anyway, I'm complaining about this dumb question. They're, they're, they're going from, I thought it was supposed to be about them. Now it's about me again. Yep. And then this third question, how would your experiences and perspectives enhance and enrich the quality and breadth (laughs) (laughs) of our law of our law school community? That now sounds like they want a diversity statement or another personal statement.
0: Yeah. What else do you have to say about yourself? Uh, This is just a writing tip, and I see it in the personal statements that we're reviewing, but people have trouble sometimes choosing, like, one of two words. And it's rarely the case that that we need the completeness of having both words. So how would your experiences and perspectives enhance and enrich? Like, really? Um,
1: (laughs) Not just enhance. Yeah. Not just enrich, but enhance and enrich. (laughs) As if as if one of those words adds
0: meaning to this sentence that now I'm going to say more than I would have if it just said enhance. Enrich the quality and breadth of our law school community. Uh, uh, okay, just choose one of those words, enhance, quality, or breadth. It doesn't really matter. And I see this in law school statements. People are like, um, what was the one I just saw yesterday? Someone that we were working with. I, I can't remember what they said, but it was kind of like quality and breadth. And it's like,
1: you you just choose one. Dude. And go with it. This is hilarious. They did it three times. In one sentence. How yeah. would your experiences and perspectives enhance and enrich the quality and breadth <laughs> of our law school community? It's like, I mean, the, what the question really is, is how would your shit help our shit? Yep. You know, like what they're asking is it's, and, and it's like, well, you just asked, what will you bring to the school of law? Yeah. What they want. They want to know what they're getting. What are we getting here? How are you going to make our community better done? Yeah. Yeah. They go into this lawyer speak, you know, it's, it's like the, um, no tampering with disabling or something else the smoke detector in the lavatory on the plane it's like you could have just said don't fuck with the smoke detector
0: yeah don't break it
1: (laughs) you didn't need to say no tampering with disabling or whatever it's like come on it's just lawyers
0: Uh, i I wasn't disabling i was just tampering
1: or i was tampering not disabling. (laughs) fucking lawyers man
0: that's okay here last thing while we're on it the sentence before said, what do you believe we have to offer you? Oh, actually that's, well, anyways, in a, when you say you believe or whatever, that's always implied. Oh, what do we have to offer you? Well, when you start saying what you think they have to offer you, you're telling them what you think or you believe.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So whenever people say that in their personal statement, it's almost always a cut.
1: Yep, that's right. I agree. I would like to contrast this prompt with the prompt that Dave sent us the other day. Yes. So, so okay. Dave, another thought, long one, right? but he thought he was looking at a YX law school prompt. That's true. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was. I think he was just looking at a normal personal statement prompt. So I agree. There's times where if they're asking you to submit one essay, if they're asking you for a personal statement and they happen to mention their own name in that prompt, So Dave's one, it was, it was like, well, why are you interested in, it was Suffolk, huh? It was like, tell us why you're applying to Suffolk law basically. Mm -hmm. But that was part of their personal statement prompt. Yeah. And Ben and I agreed that we didn't think that they actually cared that you mentioned Suffolk law. It's just that they happened to like accidentally mention themselves. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? You, you, you did, you felt that same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. But this is different because this is a special essay with its own word count Mm -hmm. saying, not only tell us why you're interested in the school of law at the University of California, Irvine, that by itself doesn't do anything. But the next sentence, what do you believe we have to offer you? At that point now, you really do have to write about Irvine. Yeah.
0: Do you think this is an optional essay?
1: Yes. Or Oh, it's optional. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these are normally optional.
0: I mean, one thing is if your scores are high enough you, and you're applying to a lot of schools and you don't really care about Irvine, then <laughs> just skip this stuff.
1: Well, I wouldn't. I, I, if you're going to go through with the application, if you're going to pay the $45 LSAC fee, I mean, either don't apply to the school or go ahead and do it. I would say, but I mean, you could do it if you're like really a lawyer. You could do this in two minutes, right? You go on their website, you find some bullshit about some stupid program, like (laughs) whatever their marketing department is talking about on the website. Yeah. Right. Bobblehead collections. The Bobblehead collection would be actually perfect here. Can you imagine like if you started talking about the like whimsy aspect of the school?
0: The whimsical nature.
1: They would love that. They would that community. shit up, yeah. <laughs> they would love that shit. Okay, are we ready for this? Yeah, we're ready. Okay, first thing first. This looks long. Oh, how many words is this? Oh, I'm gonna do the word count right now because yep. this is gonna be the very first test here. What is it, Ben? You got? I it? got 489. Okay, I might prefer something shorter. It's said a 350 to 500. I Although you- then again, this
0: person is answering one, two, three, four questions. <laughs> They're and taking the it one- <laughs> very
1: seriously. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they, they knew that they were sending it into the show and we were going to rip the shit out of it. So, um, oh, we didn't get the name here. So anyway, uh, whoever this person is, it's a, she, she, we call it okay. girl, girl. Okay. I knew I would start my career on the West coast from an early age. Oh no. I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) Stop talking about your youth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Irvine is on the West coast, but there are dozens of schools on the West coast. So that by itself doesn't really do much. And yeah. Because you were a child. Oh, my God. Okay. Cut that. All right, here we go. Being a Floridian, the first time I saw a 200-foot sequoia tree, I fell in love with California and everything the West had to offer. High taxes.
0: (laughs) Droughts. Sorry, I was just thinking of things I love about my home state.
1: (laughs) I I, I have to push back. I mean, sequoia trees... I don't think there's any Sequoias in orange County. I'm sorry. That's a Northern California thing. No, that's well, you know, Sequoia national park is kind of like South of Yosemite and people do go camping in Sequoia from here. But I, I think it's a solid four hour drive from Irvine. Okay. So I don't, if you say Sequoias, I think the people in the office (laughs) in Irvine are going to be like, um, what? Yeah,
0: I'm thinking of redwoods, I guess, up north. But anyway, sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah sequoia is a it's a brand of red. Oh, white. it is a redwood. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's why I'm confused. Okay, got it. Being a Floridian, the first time I saw a 200 foot sequoia tree, I fell in love with California and everything the West had to offer: coastal beaches, mountains, forests, snow, and everything in between. So why are you going to law school? Why not become a forest ranger? Yeah, but besides location, as my law school search narrowed, I zoned in on the University of California, Irvine for the leading edge educational approaches and the rates of upward mobility, inspiring students to succeed no matter their backgrounds while simultaneously giving back to the community. Um, that's not bad. That's just some like probably bullshit boilerplate that you pulled off of their website or something.
0: I'm sure they said that.
1: Yeah. And, and anyway, they're going to, they, they like to think that whether or not it's true, they love, they love to think leading edge educational approaches and rates of upward mobility and inspiring our students to succeed no matter their backgrounds while simultaneously giving back to the community that that they like to hear that about themselves. That's sure. What would be, I think
0: more impressive though, is if you could take their sort of vacuous BS and talk specifically about something that they're doing that's accomplishing these things mm, as opposed yeah. to just regurgitating marketing mumbo jumbo from their website. Cause this is just like, is, are they, what, what do they mean when they say leading edge? Do they mean cutting edge educational agree, approaches? Yeah.
1: Leading edge is not a thing.
0: And so did you get this from their website and if you drilled into their website, what what educational approaches are they actually taking? Are they actually leading edge? I suspect many of them are not. But if there is one in there that is, talk about that. Or when they talk about rates of upward mobility, um, are the, is there a particular group that they felt like they've been successful with? And are they actually successful with them compared to other law schools in their tier? not that tears are such a thing. Like I would really want to know, are they successful in these things that they claim to be successful and talk about one that actually impresses you. You one, you'll have more to say about it because you're impressed by it.
1: Yeah. This next thing is actually a fact about the school. So that's good. The young age of the law school, uh, piqued my interest. And as I yeah, researched, misspelled, I misspelled. know. Yeah. Yeah. Peaked. It's spelled here. P E A K E D. It's not correct.
0: It's not like you're going to the peak.
1: I mean, mountain. it makes sense that you it would be at the peak of your interest, but that's not the word. The word is peaked P I Q U E D. It's also, this is a symptom of like, do you really speak that way? Yeah. If you, You've don't never written that, this. if you don't speak that way, then don't write that way because you'll end up making mistakes like that. Um, And as I researched the inaugural class, I felt inspired and excited, both inspired and excited, (laughs) to join a school that began rooted in pro bono work and committed to public interest. Okay, so there's facts about, I mean, whatever, alleged facts about the school.
0: But I'm sorry, what does the young age of the law school have to do with its roots in pro bono work and committed to public interest? Like, you could just say, hey, the fact that you began with this kind of work— is right. inspiring to I me. I kind of
1: liked it that she was spitting out a fact about Irvine, like that she knows that it's a new law school. Yeah. But then again, like the fact that it's a new law school, is that why is that a selling point? And it doesn't really have anything to do with the thing that she goes on to next with the pro bono yeah. stuff. All right. As I read more alumni profiles, I felt the graduates, Uh-oh. the word graduate apostrophe S. As I read more alumni profiles, I felt the graduate apostrophe S genuine appreciation for their education and fondness of their time spent at UCI Law.
0: Okay, I feel like this is, look, I did research. Let me show you that I did research.
1: Yeah.
0: As opposed to actually doing research and figuring out something. Like, so-and-so said this, and that touched me because I have a family member who did this and was successful or something.
1: It's very vague. They just have appreciation for their education. Yep. And fondness for their time. We're great. We're the greatest administration since (laughs) the first one. What sets UCI apart for me is the characteristics publicly portrayed that not every law school advertises or even claims to have. Civility, mutual respect, and overall basic kindness.
0: Whoa, wait, those are all vague.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if they're making a big deal about that on their website, if they're like, you know, UCI is trying to brand itself as the like kinder, gentler law school or something. Yeah. Then, okay, I I could see how you could say that. I mean, that sounds, sounds like it must come from the website. They must be advertising it. Yeah. It's inspiring to see a law school with such a respected reputation and leading legal education to be connecting to real people with genuine characteristics. Ugh. It really feels like she's just trying to fill space here. Yeah. It's like keep it short. Man, you gotta cut this way down. Like I if it's three fifty to five hundred, you just just get it, get it over 350, but, but you got to cut out a lot of this, just like filler. Or, I mean, dig
0: into the substance. Like what, why is she saying this? Is it, did she see an example of this? I mean, I realize that they're not making the best argument for themselves because they're just talking in market speak and they're using general proclamations of their greatness, but if there really is greatness behind the proclamations, then go find one or two examples that illustrate that and talk about that and how that hit you. It'll be easy to talk about too, because you'll actually feel quote
1: inspired
0: and excited
1: to talk (laughs) about that. Agreed. Yeah. There's no proper nouns in this first. I mean, there's no like you didn't name a professor. You didn't name an alum. You didn't, talk about any particular pro bono program. It's all just like these kind of platitudes and vagaries. Yeah. Um, you talk about tree though. You saw a tree. That's true. We did get a Sequoia in there. That's true. Which (laughs) unfortunately is hours and hours away. Um, as a first generation college student, I am dedicated and no perseverance
0: Wait, dude, you skipped a sentence, which has the same problem. Wait, what? The last sentence of the. Oh, first I prayer. believe
1: UCI Law can offer me a re- legal education that is not only intellectually challenging but genuinely enjoyable. That's she's answering the what can we give you? Like, what?
0: <laughs> what do you believe?
1: Well, it's <laughs> like I- no shit. That's what I'm. I'm trying to get a JD. What do you think I'm trying to do? Trying <laughs> and to, I think it'll be fun. <laughs> trying to get an education, and I wouldn't do it if I thought I was going to hate it. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's vague again. Um, as a first-generation college student, I am dedicated and no perseverance. Mm. So the list is broken. It's not parallel. I am dedicated and no perseverance. Yeah. mm.
0: I'm not even sure what that means. You know perseverance? Like, you have... You know of it. I've heard of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> My friend's got a whole lot. Saying you know something is like, if you say you like, I know, I know, I know hunger. <laughs> if you say that, that's like you've been hungry before. Yeah. So I know perseverance. is like you've been perseverant before, I, I guess, but it's just... Don't say that. Don't. don't Either say that way, that way,
0: this is just a claim.
1: Right. There's no evidence us. here. Yeah. I believe these traits are essential skills I can bring to UCI, UCI law along with the intellectual curiosity that has motivated me to continue higher education. Okay. So she's clearly like she's really following the directions here. Yeah. Which on the one hand, I want to give her credit for but she just needs to tighten it way up and use more specifics and not all this just vague bullshit.
0: Well, the other thing is you have to realize that when people ask you questions, they're not really asking you these questions directly. They're idiots. They don't realize that what they're really asking you to do is give them examples that show what they're asking you to say. <laughs> Cause they're saying, please tell us why you believe, you know, you're great or whatever. But that's not really what they're asking for. They're asking you to give examples that show why you think you're great.
1: You get what I'm saying? It's like the prompt is almost inviting her to tell instead right. of show. Right, right, right. No, not yes, and I think what they really want to hear about in this essay is about themselves, not about you. I, I don't. I don't think they really meant you to be writing another personal statement. Yeah. I think they wanted to know about Irvine and maybe why you're specifically a fit for Irvine. But, like, if you're just going to go with your generic traits of intellectual curiosity, that has nothing to do with Irvine. That's true.
0: Like, the only reason these questions are together, even though they seem very different, is that they want to see what you know about the school and therefore what you know you can contribute to the community because you're familiar with the community. And so unlike your personal statement, which could be sent to any school, you have to think about something that would contribute to this school, given the fact that they have the community that they have.
1: Yeah. And I might, I might actually, in if I were this particular applicant, I might talk about, I mean, just one idea would be, I'm from Florida. I'm going to bring a diverse perspective to Orange County. Like I'm from a different place. I'm from the entire different part of the country, entire different side of the country. That would be a way of, uh, a way of, of answering their question in, you know, like genuinely. Yeah. Not that that's like a, wow, holy shit. You're from Florida, but like, you're at least recognizing that like I am coming across country to come to your law school. I was thinking that the, the school apparently prides itself on being kind
0: or nice or yeah, whatever yeah. choose one thing and then talk about how you would
1: add to that characteristic of their community and you tell the story. Yeah. Yep. That would be great. I believe my experience. Stop saying I believe, even though it said in the prompt, I believe it asked, do you believe? Is she, is she kidding with this next sentence? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Hold on. I was looking back at the prompt for just a second. Oh Yeah. Okay, hold on. I believe my experiences and perspectives can enhance the law school community by embracing the rooted characteristics <laughs> of the school. I thought she might be joking with this sentence because she's like basically
0: quoting them verbatim. She should she forgot to include the word enrich. I believe my experiences and perspectives can en- enhance, enhance and, and enrich. enrich.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's you know, she's a good like you can tell that she's like a um like a diligent, earnest serious applicant. She is following the directions. Yeah. And you know, they're going to give you some bonus for that. Although the result is a just unreadable mush of an essay that doesn't have a point. Mm -hmm. Specifically the pre-law outreach program, POP comma helping students from disadvantaged backgrounds, prepare for law school comma demonstrated the type of culture I want to be a part of. I don't know why that's in the past tense. Demonstrates
0: or illustrates the type of culture that I want to be a part of. Why does it illustrate that? What do they do? Also, you don't need to do POP. P-O-P. No, you don't. And you could just say... you're never going to use it again.
1: You could just say, I plan to take advantage of the pre-law outreach program.
0: Yes. That would show what you're going to do and how that ties
1: into what you value. Okay, um, coming from a disadvantaged background myself, I know the advantages of peer mentoring and networking. Just cut that sentence entirely. The ability to give that to another student inspires me as my admiration for UCI law grows. <laughs> That's laying <laughs> it on a little thick. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
0: uh, I love your law school and I will
1: promote you to everyone I meet. I have this feeling inside of me. It's, just, <laughs> it's growing the spark. Okay. I didn't know what it was at first. and so now it's just, it's just, it's grown into something more. Um, moreover, I hold in high regard UCI's interdisciplinary approach in their curriculum. Recognizing and adapting to a changing world where law interacts and is dependent upon a variety of disciplines. Who This whole thing is so vague and just generalizations. It's vague. That sentence is way too long. You're like, you notice uh, one tip is you should read your stuff out loud. And when you notice that you're like running out of breath at the end of a sentence, Mm-hmm. That means the sentence is too long. Yeah. Or if you get tripped up in your own sentence, that's a problem. You know, th- this, but this sentence is just broken. Cause the subject of the sentence is supposed to be I, right? Mm-hmm. Moreover, I hold in high regard UCI's interdisciplinary approach in their curriculum, comma, recognizing and adapting to a changing world. Wait, hold on. Who's, who's doing a, the action. Who's, here? Yeah.
0: Who's recognizing and who's adapting
1: you or the curriculum or the people who create the curriculum. And, and then it goes in a changing world where law interacts and is independent and is dependent upon a variety of disciplines. So now law, we've got another subject popping up here. So first of all, the school is being described as having an interdisciplinary approach and then the school is recognizing and adapting to a changing world where law interacts and is dependent upon... Now, law is a subject. Law interacts and is dependent upon a variety of discipline. What the fuck is that sentence?
0: By the way, clear writing and clear thinking are deeply connected. So, if you're having trouble articulating what you want to say, it's very possible that you don't know exactly what you want to say. You have some vague notion of what you think is going on, but if you're
1: struggling to write that, it might be the case that you just need to think about what you're actually trying to say. Yeah, there's a concept. I mean, she's she's trying to answer all of their stupid questions in their stupid prompt. And I think she should focus on the first question. Why Irvine? Yeah, and I think she should answer that in one sentence and then flesh it out. And connect herself to that. But by
0: if you have a sincere response as to why you want or why you're impressed by them, that will inevitably or should connect to you in some way shape or form because if that is what is attracting you to them, there's
1: something about it that relates to you. I am particularly attracted to UC Irvine because of the pre-law outreach program period. Yep. I intend not only to benefit from this program before I start law school, but to give back to the UC Irvine community by participating as a peer mentor in my later years of school or whatever.
0: Yeah. I was most impressed by so-and-so who did XYZ as that's what happened to me <laughs> or that's similar to my background or something
1: i come from blah 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 and i know that irvine's the environment of civility mutual respect and overall basic kindness will blah 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 all those sentences by the way are starting with the word i yeah and not i believe just I am, I want, I plan, I will, that would be much better.
0: Yeah, even that thing you quoted, civility, mutual respect, and overall basic kindness, this is again their problem with having trouble <laughs> choosing a word. Just choose one word. Yeah, right. Pick one. Is one of it them. civility
1: or respect or kindness? What same do you same fucking difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um with my environmental science degree. I hope to bring to UCI Law a unique perspective of an environmental scientist and use my degree-specific knowledge to launch myself and my peers deeper into our work in the Environmental Law Clinic, learning different litigation and policy matters. Ugh. By the way, this is a random
0: side note, but she references UCI Law a lot. You don't have to say their school name over and over again. You can also just say your school or the law school to vary it up.
1: Yeah, she could definitely mix it up. I mean, you don't want to put it in there more than once probably for this type sure. of essay. Just because it's like it is a school specific thing and they want, to, they want to know that you're actually talking about them. But I mean, you are.
0: Also, when it says... Uh, she later says UC Irvine. I like that so much more than UCI law.
1: Yeah, me too. Anyways. um, This again, I, I was, okay, I don't like starting that sentence with with. Mm-hmm. That's a very, that's like bad writing. Almost always when people start a sentence with with. Sure. Because people do it this way with my, this, then they say the actual subject. Mm hmm. It's like, just start with the subject of the sentence. (laughs) She says the word unique, which people just really have their privileges revoked on that. Yeah. And then I hope to bring to UCI law, a unique perspective of an environmental scientist. If anything, it feels like it should be the unique perspective, but I, I, uh, hmm. it just needs to be shorter. It needs to be tighter. You got to get, you got to get more declarative and you got to, you got to have shorter sentences. Like you don't need to
0: say all this. It's more telling. No. Do you have a unique perspective? Just say as an environmental scientist,
1: I'm excited I am look to forward to working in the, in the, environment? the environmental law. Yeah. Clinic. Right. Period. And this like comma learning different <laughs> litigation and policy matters. What the, what is that? What is that even about? What, what are you doing? Are you just putting in words? the variety of issues in the clinic students were able to engage in comma, enforcing the clean water act comma, assisting coastal communities for climate change comma, and protecting desert lands against development and exploitation comma, all helped <laughs> solidify uc irvine as my top law school choice you want an essay pick one of those things and write about it and then pick another one and write
0: about it there's a ton of stuff in here all the first like two thirds of this essay are all vague mumbo jumbo. Here we actually have some details. What about these things did you actually like? Talk about those. That would say why you like the school and they would tell us about you and how you fit into that school. I feel like this essay finally started and it's just ending. Yeah. Like the environmental law clinic. We're learning about that
1: right now. And we're learning about that. She's an environmental scientist. I hate this sentence. I hate that the subject of this sentence is the variety of issues. Yeah. The variety of issues helped solidify UC Irvine as my top law school choice. Yeah. Pick one. Really? Is it the variety of issues that they're doing that that's what really helped? Boy, I'm so boy, that variety yeah. It's really doing it for me? No, it's not. It's one thing. There's a thing there that you, that you're passionate about or that you're experienced in. Um If accepted, I will happily join UCI Law immediately and begin my education with a school I believe fits my character, skill set and intellectual curiosity best. Cut. Yeah, and and also like why are you promising that you're going to just say yes right away?
0: Please don't give me scholarship money. I'm ready.
1: Right. That's, that's like you tell your crush that you would just, I w- I would marry you right <laughs> on the spot. Like, Oh, if you gave me a chance, if you, if you just would give me a date, I'll do anything for you. It's like, Hmm, Hmm. I'm not interested anymore. I, yep. I I think. Okay. So takeaways from all of this. Uh, thank you very much um, for sending this in a uh, girl without a name. Um we we really appreciate it. The, it needs to be tightened up. It needs a thesis. I mean, it's like go back to your like junior high days of writing and when they like made you have a like thesis sentence. Cuz this is all over the place and it just doesn't like it doesn't I don't know. What do you think, Ben?
0: I agree. I'm just stepping back and thinking about this and thinking about all the statements that we keep reading on the show, off the show. And it surprises me how much people do have to say there are things from their life that would be interesting, concrete and worthy of discussion. And they somehow miss it all. And they just stick to the general (laughs) vague and uninformative. It's like, you're an environmental scientist. W well, wow. Like, okay. You can talk about how you're attracted to the overall basic kindness of the school, but that's seems like something that would be true for a lot of people. Um, not necessarily. Maybe some people are interested in a cutthroat school, but, um, you're talking about the clean water act. What do you know about that? I, I just feel like people have so much to say that would be interesting but they don't know that that's interesting. I mean, if she's an environmental scientist, she must have spent four years studying this. There's got to be interesting stuff to talk about here. What what things yeah. have you done in this? So
1: lead with that and tie it to their environmental law clinic if you want to m- sell it that way. Yeah. Lead with your first generation status and talk about their pre-law outreach program if you want to do it that way. Yeah, exactly. Like, how much could you say about that? Either You're first one of those. generation. Yeah. Either one of those leave the, uh, when you're a little kid, you love California, leave that out of it. Anybody could say that. And all these vague statements,
0: it's inspiring to see a law school with such a respected reputation and a legal, leading legal education to be connecting real people with genuine characteristics. What? Cut, like I, what, is what is that? 100%. What is What is that? Like what happened and who and why? Right. It's not about you. It's not interesting. Yep. It's vague. That's all. Okay.
1: All right. Thanks uh, very much for sending that in and letting us uh, roast it. Yeah. Thank you. It wasn't hilariously bad. No. I mean, it was bad. It was way too long and it was way too vague and it needs to have a focus (laughs) and you need to basically start over. I would say pick either the environmental law clinic or the pre-law outreach program and just focus the whole thing on that Mm -hmm. and you'll be much better off. Should we uh, leave it there? I think we should. Yeah. All right.
0: That was show number 161. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.